Hey gang, Ross Brand here for Livestream Universe and LivestreamUniverse.com. It's great to be back. Uh, it's been a few months since we've done the Stream Leader Report Live panel. And we're going to talk about a subject that I find very interesting. Is social media still social? Or is social media or online media really going the way of entertainment media? Are people joining social media to have conversations with one each? one another and learn and discuss or are they joining it basically to be entertained as TikTok rises and uh, some of the other short vertical video platforms all seem to be pushing that content really hard uh, I thought we should get into a conversation with some great creators and talk about how we can maybe adjust our content if we need to adjust our content and what this means for going forward in 2023 for uh, creators and entrepreneurs. And the concept really comes from a comment that Michael Kinney had made, who's going to be with us in, in just a minute, back in our first panel. And here's what he had to say uh, about social and entertainment media. Well, it's interesting. Um TikTok, the head of marketing at TikTok came out recently in the conference saying that TikTok is not a social media platform. TikTok is an entertainment platform, which I found very interesting. And I think YouTube, you can kind of paint them with the same brush. I think they're angling uh, to, to, in that direction. And more and more, YouTube is becoming a search engine, a search and discovery engine. And uh, it's, it's the place where people go when they're looking for answers. And now let's bring him on and get his answers along with our first couple of panelists. We've got six panelists. We're going to go in two groups of three. So coming up later on, we'll have Chris Stone, Ian Anderson Gray, and Joey Garrity. But first, the man whose idea it was uh, that, that really triggered me was uh, Michael Kenny. He's a, an award-winning uh, professional television broadcaster, actor, uh, YouTube creator, over 70,000 uh, subs and growing on YouTube, uh, Mr. Michael Kinney. We also have B. Smith, four-time best-selling author, host of Be Inspired, the show, uh, mental health advocate, and a good friend of the program. And, of course, the one, the only Hall of Fame podcaster, Rob Greenley, new media show, podcasting pioneer, and the brand new senior vice president at Podbean. Rob, before we get started, congratulations on the new gig. And uh, real quick, just tell us what you're, uh, what you're excited about uh, getting started with Podbean. Well, I'm excited to be with Podbean because the, they were one of the, the very original podcast hosting platforms that ever existed. And, and I've spent many years in the podcasting medium, as you know. So um, it's a very capable platform that can do a lot of stuff, live streaming as well. So it kind of takes me back to my my earlier time when I spent four years working for Spreaker, which was also a, a live streaming platform too. So Lipson didn't support live. So it's definitely my passion to get back more involved in a platform that can kind of do everything, right? From live to on demand and all that stuff, which is really my my passion i mean i mean i've been doing a live show for 12 years now right so right. so it's it, it's 
it's just an opportunity, I think, to help a, a smaller team that's been around a long time to grow, not unlike what I did uh, working for Lipson for about four years. Um, so the team was small when I joined and it is now a lot bigger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, congratulations. And I, I look you. forward to uh, learning more about Podbean and, and the work you're going to be doing. Yep. Michael, when when you talked in back in May and you reported what uh, TikTok had said their platform was not social, it was entertainment media, um, how did that inform or did it inform the content that you've been creating since May? What is your trajectory, um, you know, over the last half year as far as how you've adjusted your content or maybe you didn't adjust it at all? Um I haven't really adjusted it that much. You know, for me, it depends on the platform. Uh, depends what platform you're, you're posting to. So I have a YouTube channel. I have Instagram. I have TikTok. And I have Twitter. And each platform for me, you know, it's, it's sort of a slightly different audience and a, a slightly different audience uh, expectation. So when I'm creating my content, you know, it's, it's very much tailored to the platform now having said that now with um, youtube shorts coming out and youtube announcing that in 2023 they're going to be monetizing the shorts which got everyone's attention including mine mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to be going you know more into to doing uh youtube shorts and i've played with it a little bit and it's it's kind of a challenge for me being an education channel mm -hmm. that whole mix between entertainment engagement uh, education. And so I'm still playing with that. I've done a few shorts and it's interesting some of the results that have, that have come up, but I haven't changed drastically. If anything, I'm probably going to be producing more short form content. Well, I haven't used uh, TikTok or shorts a lot. Um, I've done a little bit more with reels and I've found that those seem to be getting more reactions and more views and such. Um, do you, do you put the, the same content on multiple of these short form platforms or do you, do you change it up for the different platforms? Uh, it's a bit of both. Mm -hmm. Uh, again, it, it depends on the platform. I'll make a reel and I'll also put that on TikTok because those two channels for me are sort of, it's sort of a looser mandate in terms of what I can put there as opposed to say YouTube shorts and how YouTube kind of forces you to be very sort of focused on your content and your content strategy. So I won't necessarily put, you know, what I put on, on reels on my YouTube channel. Uh, so it, you know, it's kind of threading the needle a lot of the times. Is the purpose of your YouTube shorts to drive people to, um, your long form videos, your how to videos to tease maybe something that they'll learn in the video or is everybody really just watching shorts by thumbing up to the net? It's like a, it's like playing the lottery. You just kind of, or the, what do you call it? Where you put the coins in the, uh, the slot machine, slot machine. Yeah, exactly. Slot machine, right. Yeah. It's just, let me, let me try one more. Let me try one more. I mean, you, you get hooked into it when you start watching these. Um, I'm wondering, do they drive traffic or do you entertain in the moment and then, hopefully they'll come back and find you at some point when they want to learn because they go, oh, that guy Michael had some good tips in the 16 shorts that I've watched so far. <laughs> yeah, it's it's both. You know, when I, I did my little test earlier uh, a few months ago, I, I put out about, I guess, 
12 or 15 shorts just to, you know, play with the platform, see how it works. Mm -hmm. And looking at the analytics, it was interesting. I did gain subscribers. I definitely on average got more views per per sort of video. And it 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 varied on the type of short, but I did a mix of sort of educational, straight educational. I did some unboxings. I did some just advice, straight to camera shorts. And some of the standalone stuff got me new subscribers. And also did, uh, they have a feature with shorts where you can actually now clip a, a part of an existing video. And then there's a link that automatically goes to the full video, hmm. which is very cool. Cause so, so your short acts like a promo or a teaser. And I did that a few times and really got a lot of engagement. And that did drive views for my longer form videos. Wow. That's pretty good. Now let's turn to B real quick because she has done a little bit of research out in the field uh, to see whether uh, the people think that this is social media or if it's now entertainment media and what does the younger generation tell you be as far as what they think of social and entertainment media so when i posed the question of it being either social media i still got a small percentage of students and uh, mentees that use it for social, but it's more entertainment to them. Uh, that's the way they're looking at it, the interaction, the talking, the videos. Um, and I have been playing around between TikTok, Instagram with the reels. I was doing really good with the reels, getting a lot of interaction, a lot of engagement, a lot of genuine followers that actually are following my content. And then I started to notice some younger generations started to follow me on my Instagram and then on my TikTok. And I was like, okay. So then I started shortening it up uh, using different music and different things. It definitely is turning from social. So I think it's those lurkers that we used to have. Maybe they weren't lurkers. Maybe they were always using social media for entertainment. Maybe nothing's changed. Maybe we're just seeing uh, more content for them to view. Now, that I'm, sounds weird. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm wondering, like, um, you also, you, you produce some videos, but you also do a fair amount of kind of grabbing your phone and talking in the moment, sharing from your heart. And then mm -hmm. you add a little music or you add a couple little things in the editing. Do you find one style plays better than the other? Like whether it's just totally raw and, and in the moment or if it's producing something from a larger video or really just recording something and then really editing it to get exactly, you know, kind of what you want. Ooh, hope you're ready for this. So the raw, like what's behind me, just in a moment, just the realness, that's the stuff that gets the most engagement. Um, right, when right. And you would think when I polished it up and I and I think that's what hurts my feelings <laughs> is when I polished it up and I've done all this editing. I'm like, oh, my God, my lot is perfect. 
35 views. I'm like, what in the world? And then I'm walking down the street. I'm in the moment. I got that message burning on my heart. And it could be because of the kind of content. I am a mental health advocate. And so mm-hmm. that could be where my audience wants to see me. Maybe they don't want to see that polished, uh, mm-hmm. beautiful segments of seconds and this and that. Maybe they want to see me in the moment. Maybe they want to see me saying what's from my heart. Uh, so it's always a blend with me. I, I haven't been able to just capture one particular thing. Uh, but I will say music plays a big a big part uh, for this particular generation, uh, this particular content, your music is very important. And do you feel that you've gone so heavily into video now to where like, you know, almost the written post or the, the static picture post is kind of secondary and the video post is first, or are you still doing a full combination of, of content? I'm definitely doing less because, you know, be inspired. There's always a quote. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's an inspirational quote. Uh, There's uh, some statistics. Uh, There's something to get your day going. I still do those, but I'm finding myself to keep my audience engaged and my followers engaged. They want that video. Yeah. They want to see me. They want... They want to see me, even if like I did one where it was like pointing to a wall, but I was talking and I was walking through my house. And that's actually one of my videos that has gotten the most views ever. So I'm giving my traditional message, but I'm nowhere on there. But you can tell that I'm walking through the house and I still look at that video to this day and go. (laughs) It had to be the message, man. It had to be the message. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've gotten to know your family and like where you're traveling and all sorts of stuff through through watching um, those those videos. Uh, The the last thing I want to ask you real quick right now is uh, Icon Live. Um, Are you still active on Icon Live? And that seems to be it's a community and a social community, but it's very much centered around entertainment rather than how-to videos and learning and some of the stuff that we often go to like a YouTube for. Yeah. Icon live is totally entertainment. So now you have just flipped it on me, Ross, because that particular medium is completely entertainment, whether you're inspirational, whether you're a musician, whether you're an actor, whether you're a podcaster, it is true, strictly entertainment. It's not social. Like the social part, you know, you have the hearts and the stars and the different things that you can do on there, but it's, it's all entertainment and I'm still active, still beta testing, uh, you know, moved to Apple TV. Uh, we're going to start doing um, serious content, like all kinds of different content. So I'm looking forward to what's going to happen with Icon Live too. Sounds good. Rob, um, you've been, you've been podcasting since the early days and you've been live streaming for many years. Um, of course, that means you've got, repeats and replays and recorded videos on youtube you're on Mm -hmm. social across the board i I think you've seen the entire picture of of where this online media space is going um for the podcasters and live streamers that you're going to be working with with podbean um what do you recommend that they do as far as trying to build an audience through outreach on social or outreach on entertainment platforms. What do you see um, is, is the way people can use social and these free platforms to, to build an audience for their podcast? 
Yeah, I think it's a really fascinating question and and something I've been doing a lot of thinking about too is is the change in what we're seeing um, that's been evolving for for a while now, and that's um, this concept of um, of real people and real experiences and real entertainment, things that are genuine, authentic, and um, a a reflection of who we are, not our our polished who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's coming to podcasting too. And I do think that it's been a mantra in podcasting for a long time is that you need to be entertaining um, in addition to providing value. But I do think that these newer, you know, the reels and the, um, the short form video content that we have now is definitely more about um, exposing the, the funny moments and the humorous entertainment aspects of um, our our lives. Um, some of them are kind of contrived, but they are playing into this general concept that life is, is not to be taken too seriously. And we're, we're basically, um, if we want to perform and do well on these platforms, we need to be almost like comedian actors of sorts, <laughs> um, that are, are acting in a way that's authentic to how humans act right in the real world and and find humor in that and that's entertaining and i think to some degree there's a lot of mapping into that to podcasting too i think more and more there's there's a desire to uh, bring personality to podcasts and and more and more talent is coming into podcasting that is driving that same kind of um um, kind of experience and i think in a lot of ways what we're seeing here is social entertainment Mm -hmm. um might be how i would kind of phrase it do you see an audio version of TikTok or an audio, if not the one the one minute? Do you see a trend? I mean, clearly, when when you think of people like Rogan and these really famous podcasters who have these three hour discussions, that's not for everybody who's podcasting. Do you see a move to shorter form podcasts, a five minute podcast, a one minute podcast, or, you know, are you seeing some sort of like, let's give them short form audio or not as much in the, in the audio space? Yeah, I think that there's always been a a section of the podcasting medium that's played in the short form content side, you know, the five minutes, um, five to 10 minute range. Um, but if you look at the overall stats um, of, of the medium, the longer form content tends to grow audience uh, larger. Um, mm. So I think podcasting in its, in its you know, early definition, and I think th- th- this is another point that I want to make too, is, is that the, the definition of a podcast is expanding to include <laughs> reels and including these other mediums because you're starting to see podcasters do what they do in those short form videos, long form videos, things like that. So the perception of the consumer of this content has basically expanded their perception of what a podcast is. I mean, there's a lot of content creators out there that are doing a show on YouTube, let's say, that look like a podcast, sound like a podcast, but are not a podcast. Right, right. <laughs> but yet they're perceived by the audience as being a podcast. So um, so I think the definition of everything, and this is kind of the, the whole point of your segment here is, is trying to redefine what's happening into something that's more, um, accurate to what is actually happening. So using these terms, uh, this is entertainment medium or media, I think is a, is a reflection of the change in appetite for what kind of content is, 
is being consumed the most. It, and I think B had a terrific example of that is that that real experience that she had created in her video got more attention than the contrived one. <laughs> right, right. The real, real right. <laughs> on Instagram. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's reverse it and let me get a thought from everybody on where your biggest focus is in terms of type of content, platform, or um, collaborate, whatever it is that you're saying. This is my my number one thing that I think I'm going to have success with in, in 2023, or the number one thing I need to be focused on if I haven't yet started working in that direction. So start, start with Rob. Well, um, if I understand the question, it's, it's where, where things are evolving to. Is that yeah? where, where are you, is there a place where your attention's going to be most based on where things are evolving? And it's fine if, you know, if it, if you say I'm sticking like, Hey, I'm doing well with traditional podcasts through an RSS feed and, and, and audio, Hey, that's, that's fine. If that, if that works, but just, yeah. In this environment, yeah, what it, are are you making any changes for twenty twenty three? Is there yeah. is there a different focus that kind of yeah? Thing? I am. I definitely want to get more involved in the the broader scope of content creation um, beyond just what the strict definition of a podcast is. And I've been moving that direction for a a while, but I do think that one of the core tenets that we're coming into that all of us need to think about when we're creating content on any of these platforms is um, trust building and authenticity. Uh, I think people um, want honesty, uh, want transparency, want realness. People want to connect to real people. And I, I think that's being fostered based on what we've all been through over the last two or three years of lockdowns and antisocial kind of environment, right? Um, that, that we are looking for connection. And that's, that's, that's the that's the game that I'm going to play going going forward, and I've been doing it with a live show for 12 years now. Um, is not having it scripted. Um, Todd and I just show up on this this right. show that I do, this new media show every Wednesday, and we just are who we are, right? We just just like we're doing here, right? This wasn't anything that we had, you know, outlined or created a you know a piece of content. Now, the granted, right. podcasting is still going to have that fictional and storytelling type of elements to it but but i think if you're really trying to build community i think you have to build it on authenticity realness trust building and uh personality and that includes entertainment you got to make people smile or cry or something right, you got to right. give some emotion to people's lives and they will follow you because they connect with you at that level reason why they should come back the next day right the next right. time you go live or you record something right. B, B, where's your focus in, in 2023? My focus in 2023, and Rob, I'm just going to take it from you. It's the real, real. It's mm. the real, real. It's in the moment. Right. It's those messages from the heart. So 2023, I'm coming from the heart. Um, I'm letting you in where I'm at to my life, you know, my family, my journey for what it is that I do and giving my audience the real, real. Mm. Right. Well, I look forward to watching that in, in 2023. Michael, what's on the plate for you? Same thing, authenticity. And for me, it's kind of challenging in the education space because you're balancing sort of the utility of the information. People want it clearly. They want it quickly. And trying to inject some personality and humanity into it. So that's what I'm going to be working on. And yeah. another point about that is 
but particularly in the education space, is the rise of AI-generated video. If you've seen some of these demos mm. with education and informational videos, it's kind of alarming <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with AI-generated scripts, AI-generated characters now. And that's only going to get become more prevalent. So that whole issue of authenticity, I think, is going to be required for us to inject our humanity in order for our content to actually stand out, I think, in the future. Yeah, I think some of that AI stuff is the least authentic video I've ever seen. I but mean, it's only getting better and better, and it's machine learning, so it's only going to improve. And then you're not going to really be able to tell, you know. So eventually companies won't have to hire people like us to deliver their message to their employees. Unless they, want, just... it, unless they want it to be entertaining. <laughs> right. Eventually AI will learn how to have a sense of humor in the North American you know, yeah, context, think, and it'll just, the jokes will just come right in. <laughs> exactly. I think dialects, they, you name it. Yeah. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, when they invent, uh, you know, a, a, a comedian AI, then we're all in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just want to thank you guys and uh, wish you the best uh, holiday season and, and 2013. Love having you on and we could, we could continue this all day. Uh, it's awesome. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, B. Thank you, Michael. Uh, love you guys. Your guys are awesome. Thank you, Great Ross. To be here. Thanks, love Ross. Love you, Ross. Thank you, Ross. Thank you. All right, let's move on to our second group. Uh, our old favorite, uh, Joey Garrity, now has her own network. It's the Joey G One One Three Media Network and the Superstar Women's Entrepreneur Media Network. I believe. Did I get that right, Joey? Yes. yes. Okay, very good. Uh, let's let's bring up our friend Ian Anderson Gray, the uh, Confident Marketing Live. You see, I do this without notes, right? Like <laughs> Confident Marketing Live Academy, Confident Marketing Live podcast, keynote speaker, and uh, all-around great guy, and the man with 25-plus years in the music industry industry as an executive at sony music entertainment he's an amazon live pioneer he's the host of dealcasters live cast ahead is his foundation or his uh his agency or digital marketing uh company so with that uh chris ian joey welcome Thank you, Ross. This is uh, this is the real non AI version of myself. Yeah. Here. So thank you for uh, thank you for having us. Well, I'm going to start with you, Chris, because um, you are so um, on top of everything in the live shopping space, which I think is going to just continue to grow and and branch out in different directions. And so, along the line with that. Is live shopping social or is it entertainment or is it neither? What exactly, how exactly would you describe live shopping and do you see the content changing in terms of what's working? It's how it's a social. mouthful. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> All good. Yeah. It's highly social. I think when it comes to live selling and what Jim and I like to call uh, live solving, is you know when someone is hitting play on the today's video they're not it's not we're not trying to figure out who they are they're trying to be the best version of themselves and so what we have is uh, a solution to their problems and so we look at it 
from that sort of situation. So we want to be approachable. And the, the, the panelists you had on earlier just was a fantastic conversation. And they were talking about, you know, the real, right? And being approachable. So if you are someone that is on a selling platform and you're talking about something, you're demonstrating something, the reason why they're going to engage with you is because they trust you. They are, you're there on the platform, so they already know who you are, right? And so if you just are yourself and you're giving them some sort of solution, then that platform's open for them to chat with you. Hey, Ross, that SM7B is, really sounds good. Do I need a cloud lifter for it? Because I have this particular interface. Hmm. All those questions when you're, you don't want to read the page, you just want to engage with someone that maybe looks like you or looks like you can hang out with them. You're approachable. You're, uh, you, you can identify with that person. You know, Amazon had this thing years ago where they had massive celebrities on the platform. Before Ross Brand showed us how to get live on Amazon, uh, they had these massive celebrities on the platform, and it was a huge failure. Massive, massive failure, because no one could identify with these huge celebrities, so they didn't want to buy from them. They're like, this, you know, Jennifer Lopez is getting a huge check from Maybelline for putting on this makeup. Mm -hmm. Why would I trust that that works for me? But if someone that looks a little bit more like you is using that product, you trust and you'll buy it from them. Hmm. Now you're you're obviously very much into the Amazon uh, selling. Are you seeing, or are you starting to branch out to other platforms, or even not, or even selling on non-selling platforms? Um, have you either taken the Dealcasters concept elsewhere, or are you doing something different on on other platforms? Um, what are you looking at as far as the selling landscape goes for for 2023? Yeah, we started uh, on Amazon first, and then we created the social platforms uh, for, for deal casters after the fact. So we had a, it was a sort of a, a weird little backwards uh, thing for us. But the whole concept of deal casters was, again, to, you know, Jim and I are remote producers. We do that for a living. What this is, this is what, you know, and Amazon is one uh, particular revenue stream for what we do. So we always, we never lose sight of, of you know, the, the people that we're speaking to, uh, the, uh, the problems they've got, and what we can do to solve those problems. And so that's how we treat our social media, is we just want to reflect that mission uh, on, that, on those social media so, and remain approachable. And this is the other thing, too, and it, it wasn't mentioned in the earlier panel, but, you know, I also have clients that do, uh, you know, lots of social media and we do uh, content for them. And I think it's imperative that it, when you want your social media platform, we're going to call it, to be social, whether it's TikTok, which is now supposedly media, no longer social. <laughs> but if you want to be approachable on TikTok and have it be social, you can do that. You just have to be social. And so I think I have a lot of these clients that they, they, you know, they've got Twitter, they've got Instagram, they've got all the stuff, but they're trumpeting their stuff. It's all about trumpeting. They're not right. jumping in and engaging. They're not being approachable. And that's how you, that's, you know, it's not like some sort of, you don't have to do all of them, right? You want right, the real right. estate of your brand everywhere. So you get the SEO and everything else. But if your audience is on Instagram, Lean into Instagram. Be social with the people on Instagram that are your followers and your listeners, and it will be social for you or TikTok in this in this instance. So 
Kelly Noble Mirabella is a fantastic example of creating a TikTok channel for Amazon influencers or people that are getting into the program and she's constantly on it answering questions and it's becoming a really big deal because she is social and for her it is a social media platform. Well, I've noticed that your short form, like your reels and, and, and that type of content that you do is always really well produced in that it stands out visually, it's striking, um, but you change it around from one to the next so it's not formulaic. Um, talk about that as far as having success with short form goes. It's because I have a terrible attention span and I'm a perfectionist, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and no, you know... It, we're constantly testing things and, you know, and meanwhile, the algorithms changed 68 times since we started talking today. Right, um, right. So, you know, don't, don't, don't think you have the, the secret because the secret changes all of the time. Um, I have a number of clients that I work with uh, at Cast Ahead, so I'm creating content for them. And so for me, uh, for my Cast Ahead sort of TikTok and Instagram, where in the short form, what I'm using for YouTube shorts is really just examples of what I can create for clients. So mm. that's that's what I'm using it for. So that's why you're going to see like variations of, of podcasts that I'm working on. Uh, you know, you'll see dealcaster stuff as well, because that's it's sort of like a portfolio or showcase yeah, uh, of the repertoire. And so that, you know, and, so, and, and then it also gives me a way of being able to get analytics on that and be able to utilize that for for clients. And then, you know, it's just I want to be able to stay on brand for the clients that I represent. Right. Absolutely. Ian, you're confident on camera. You're confident at marketing live. You're confident in marketing on a podcast. You've probably tested just about every video platform technology I can think of. You have some of the most comprehensive blog posts that I, <laughs> I've come across that are out there. Um, where are you focusing in 2023 in terms of is it is it social or is it entertain people and then maybe send them to yeah someplace else where they're going to engage with you well it is a combination uh, and it's interesting the question like is tiktok is youtube entertainment an entertainment platform or a social and like, i've always thought like youtube is primarily a content focused platform isn't it with a social aspect to it and i think it's the same with tiktok you know and as chris said you know you can you, you can make it as social as you like um and i i you know, so I think my focus for next year is is uh, definitely YouTube, um, but I'm going to be using that as a content platform primarily. Uh, yes, I will be responding to the comments, and and I, I do think that's really really important. But it's it's a content platform, whereas the likes of Facebook and Twitter they are primarily social parts to it. So I'm I'm going to be doing the same kind of thing next year as I've been doing this year, which is. I start my live shows as my content hub uh, because I'm very much like Chris. I'm I'm a recovering perfectionist, and so like what, those blog posts that you were talking about, Ross. Uh, it I, I don't want to admit how long they took me to write. You know, <laughs> weeks and weeks and weeks, and it's just such a painful experience. Yes, they were. They've been amazing. I mean, one of them, one of the blog posts I wrote has had over seven and a half million page views, but the amount of pain that I went through to create that. <laughs> so like if I can start off with a live video and so my, my, the way I do it is I go live, I then drop it into, so I use a tool called Descript 
Uh, I transcribe that. It then turns into a podcast. I can then turn it into video shorts for like the TikTok and Instagram. And that's that's what I like um, because it means that, yes, I can focus on what I'm good at. I can do the research. I can just turn up. I can be authentic. I can be real. Uh, I can create all this content. What I and, do want to do... And you do all that hmm. editing within Descript? So you, yeah. from right from Descript, you pump out the video that you're going to post on Reels or on Instagram posts yes. or whatever. Yes, I do. So like with the podcast, because I'm a recovering perfectionist, I put it into audition and I do a few other bits and bobs, which I shouldn't do because it's just unnecessary. But let's move on. Uh, what I what I want to do next <laughs> next year, though, because I think we, we've talked about this a few times. Um, and, and this this is my, the recovering perfectionist part of me. Uh, it, it is that actually sometimes the overly polished stuff doesn't do as well as just the raw stuff. And I don't know whether you found this, Chris, but I've found that when I just turn up with my phone camera and just talk in front of the camera without any extra stuff, people really engage with that sometimes more. And I hate it because I want to, I want to have the, like the nice kind of background and nice camera and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I want to do a little bit more of that raw footage next year. Um, but I think I need help to do that, to kind of unleash myself from my nice professional setup here. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on next year. Yeah, when I started live streaming, it took me a lot. Like I started on Blab, which was more studio, and Periscope was more phone. And I did very few Periscope or phone live streams for a very long time. It just felt weird walking around with a phone in your hand or whatever and not having, you know, your your studio it, set up. It's, it's hard, isn't it? And, yeah. and I think, I don't know about it for you, Ross, but I... I I'm going to assume you're probably similar to me with this. I, I don't like working on my phone. I prefer working on my computer. And Instagram, TikTok, they're mobile focused. I, I, I personally don't enjoy TikTok. I don't really enjoy Instagram. But it's not about me because right. I know that some of my audience do really enjoy that. And so I have to get over myself, I think, and... Um, enjoy it and, and i have enjoyed creating tiktoks and reels earlier this year i just it has to, but it has to be more than just entertainment for me it has to actually like from a business point of view what's this actually going to do is yeah. you know am i going to get lots of likes and lots of comments great but is it actually and i hate to say this but is it actually going to make a difference to my business because ultimately you know, I want to grow my business and I want to help people. And I can only do that if I grow my business and lots of likes and lots of views is not enough. Well, that's that's kind of what I found with Instagram reels is in that I haven't done a ton of them, but some of them have had really, really performed well in terms of views. But I, I have to ask myself, like, what what is the point? If I don't have the, if they're not going anywhere from that, they're not following me even on Instagram. So I've entertained somebody for 60 seconds, but what, or 30 seconds or whatever it is, but I don't know. Did I entertain them or did they just watch it because it was the next thing up and I had the right, you know, the right hashtags. Like, I, I don't really know why some of those videos do well and some of, some of them don't. I don't, I don't really have any idea at times i guess what i wanted to ask you because uh, you know as well from a business perspective what do you feel 
drives the most business conversions, whether that's somebody joining your email list, whether it's, you know, somebody signing up for a program, buying something, consulting, whatever it is that, you know, the goal, the goal is, do you find it's, you know, the audio podcast? Do you find it's the live stream? Do you find it's the recorded video? Is it the social content? Is it the social video? Is it the blogging? What's your thing where you go, this is the one piece. If time was limited. This is the one piece I could not drop and keep my business going. It's that's really hard to answer because I do lots of different things. You know, I, I've got I do a lot of Amazon stuff. I do uh, corporate stuff. I do coaching. Uh, I've got a, you know affiliate stuff going on, and so it kind of depends on 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 the on the type of business that I'm, I'm looking at. But you know, it is the boring traditional stuff. I hate to say it. it's it's email. It's the it's the blog. Um, however, and so, so those are the bits that actually make the conversions uh, often. But along the way, the lives, the podcasts, the Instagrams, all of those kind of things, they are they help people along the journey. I think they they hopefully show the real me, mm-hmm. uh, and that will either put people off or it will attract the right people, hopefully, to me. And then they'll find out more about me. They'll subscribe to my email. They'll follow my blog. Um, they'll they'll watch more of my videos. And, I, and so I, th- it's more difficult to work out the conversions from social and visual content in particular. But I d- it definitely has an impact. Because when I talk to my clients, um, I said, well, how did you find out about me? And they've been kind of stalking me for for years hmm. like listening to my podcast or watching my live video uh, and al- al- although that wasn't the final thing that they clicked on to to sign up with me that's been part of their journey so all the elements can matter because yeah. at different stages of the journey they're finding you in different places and they may be moving along to another place or it may be that's the thing that gets one person and something else gets gets another person um, Joey, you've uh, congratulations first of all on launching your your media network. Tell us real real quick about what you're doing with uh, Superstar Women Entrepreneurs. Yeah, I'm, I'm super passionate about helping you know having women entrepreneurs share their talents, expertise, strategies, and tools, and empowering other women entrepreneurs to have more ease and grace both personally and professionally in their life. So. This has been a dream and vision. I'm pulled from my Hollywood background. And I, you know, I really, and I also want to make sure that there's more women in the live stream world out mm-hmm. there. So this is also my explanation point to that as well. Um, and have a voice and be seen and heard out there. And is the content that's going to be on the network uh, more along the lines of entertainment or more along the lines of sort of what we're, what we think of as social media video content. Yeah. So, you know, Ross, you, you know, my point of view about the live stream. I, I personally believe that we're all going to become our own reality stars. Mm-hmm. And so it's more, it's, it's, it's the absolutely entertainment, but it's wrapped in knowledge, right? It's wrapped in knowledge. And also too, we're making sure that every single show has what I'm calling a dollar sign next to it. So that there's a selling component that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. So because this is a business, it's it's a it's an entertainment, social, knowledge empowering business. 
<laughs> wow. You're hitting all that's the what, marks. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's what I think, right? Um, right. I, I do feel that even Hollywood, we're, we're very close to Hollywood perking up and paying some real attention to the live stream world, um, just like podcast. I mean, Hollywood did finally jump in jump in there and so i feel i feel i mean it wouldn't surprise me if one day bravo is actually live hmm. reality shows literally are going to be live in real from time. a hollywood mindset in terms of say live streaming content that you've watched on social media that wasn't pushed out by a big production company or network hmm. or you know, Hollywood uh, studio or whatever, what kinds of things do you say, this is what they may be interested in? Like when they start looking for talent amongst live stream shows and, and online content, what types of shows do you think will be the ones that they say, yeah, this is going to fit with what we want to do? Well, I, that's why I built the network because mm -hmm. I think you need, really need a niche, Right. Because people on the other side of the, of the table, they, you can't make them figure it out. You can't make them overthink things, right? And so there will be these opportunities where a network or um, a platform out there is just like, we know that women entrepreneurs are big money. There's a lot of money in women entrepreneurs. They're buying resources. They're buying coaching. They're buying. And women are consumers. We love to consume. So there will be then someone on the other side of the table is like, this is an amazing fit for us, right? And you've already built out the content. It's very professional, right? Um, to your, I think you guys have an excellent point about the phone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I myself too am not a huge fan, even though at PodFest, I was being encouraged left and right to use my phone. I like the computer better. Right, right. But, but I think that, and also too, I, I think for me, when I was sitting down and I was really strategizing all this, is having the knowledge component is gonna what's gonna give it the leg up, right? Yes, you can sell all day, like yes, buy this, buy that, right? But when you have the knowledge, when you have a tool, a resource, a tip that buys into what you're selling, right? You're building out a library component that's a guide, doubles as a guide, right? And whatever you are selling, now there's an organic relationship to that, right? And so that makes a lot of sense to me. I think and strategically, so I all, all three of you are kind of of similar minds, but just you have sort of different product or different ways mm -hmm. of putting it out there. But in terms conceptually, there's actually a, a lot in common about how you, you all look at, at, at this. Um, now, Joey, on Facebook, you still treat Facebook as old school social, and, and that's doing really well for you. Yeah, I, I love it. But again, women communicate differently, mm -hmm. right? We consume differently and we communicate differently. So there's going to be certain platforms where it's just going to be really leverage a woman's leverage, right? Which to me is Facebook. We like to communicate and cheerlead. There's a lot of cheerleading going on. Um, but to Ian's point and to Chris's point too, I absolutely agree that for 
this is all about influence, right? And how you're going to influence and impact is going to, there is no one formula, but have, but like rolling out the, I love blogging, rolling out the blogs and the books and then the lives and the podcast and all that, right? Being strategic about it is building, it's building influence and influence builds earning power, right? Influence is gonna give you the seat at the table, right? It's gonna, as long as, long as you're being strategic out there. When I see people doing shows for just because, to do a show, that like blows my mind. I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> and there's no, there's no dollar sign next to it. I'm like, why would, it just doesn't make it, it doesn't make any sense to me, right? right. Because, the, because the, they're having the call to action right? Whether it's the product sell or this is a resource and this is how you can interact with me, right? That's just being of service. I think, and I think having that type of mindset, the networks know it really well, you know, and I was trained by the networks, right? Mm -hmm. They do not do anything without the actual dollar sign behind it. They wouldn't even consider it, right? right. That's why it's a billion dollar business. Right, right. And I think, you know, in addition to us having products or selling products or having um, businesses that benefit from us going live, it's also a showcase, like uh, I think Chris had said earlier, it's a showcase for the people that we want to work with when we do it. So that's another way to have, uh, you know, a dollar sign attached to it as as well. Um you know, I've seen more and more where networks are either filling time by grabbing video podcasts and making that their, you know, midnight to one in the morning program. And they're not usually all that highly produced or sophisticated <laughs> or they're taking talent that they have that may be blogging or reporting or doing something else. And they're saying, Hey, we can, we can have YouTube content or we can have podcast content. Let's give them that show. If we don't have space on the network for them. And, and so we have additional content, not just what's on TV or what's on cable or OTT, wherever they're putting it, but Hey, it, we've got a YouTube presence with all new content, not just, clips from our show so it seems like there's a lot of any of you guys can can jump in on this it seems like there's a, there's going to be opportunity coming for people who can create good conversational content well that's contractual right mm -hmm. so there are certain networks you can see that they're building that into the contract particularly with the reality stars that they are it's mandated that they are they have to blog they have to but you know what we're what we're seeing, which is I think is the, the the telltale sign of where we're heading, is you can go on any major network now, and you will see live up in the corner. There is a there's an ABC affiliate here in the Bay Area that I watched this morning, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> that has live up there, and then what we're seeing too is we're seeing Good Morning America or you know some of the bigger you know shows out there and they are shameless they're just like we are now going to have you buy from us and we are just going to take you from table to table to table to table live right 
and give you a deal or promote this, the, the, these products. And so what they're doing is they're helping to train the marketplace for us live streamers, where it's just, it's going to be commonplace to be selling in real time. It's just going to be absolute commonplace. And so I, I like seeing that. I think that's really, that's a good sign for all of us. I do. Well, I think at some point people may make the calculation like, okay, I'm going to pay for real estate for a store. I'm going to have to stock it with, with goods and I'm going to get, you know, 30 people walking in, in the afternoon, or I can go live, show off the product. And then when I get orders, I can then take care of shipping the product or, or, creating it or whatever I need to do rather than, you know, and instead of relying on 30 people coming in between the hours of one and four or something, you, you have potentially millions of people can find you all over the world. But they better hire Chris, Ian, or you because. <laughs> because I'm not for because, hire, Joey. Sorry. Oh, you're not for hire. Okay. <laughs> No, I you, you you guys are singing my song here that you know, know I, what doing yet. you know the people have been live selling for years just yeah. in the wrong wrong place, the place that has the supply chain that can ship you uh, and drop a box on your porch in less than twenty four hours, is the place that has is has been massively beneficial and, and it was it was happening in Asia and now it's and now it's happening here I think the major issue then is we can you know kind of because we're talking about social platforms and and you know TikTok is is putting their toe in it and YouTube even tried it last year at some point with with uh, bigger influencers Twitters you know everyone's talking about you know buying uh, something and, and people live selling on those platforms um, and we talked about desktop, uh, Ian and Joey talked about, you know, using your desktop versus your mobile phone. What a lot of people don't realize is that most people buy on Amazon on their desktop. They think, and I don't, you know, because that's a place for them to go and do research, you know, they're probably maybe watching some YouTube videos, then they're heading over to Amazon, then they're looking at the product page, then they're looking at a live stream, then they're looking at shoppable video, and then they're like, I'm going to buy this. By the time they get to Amazon, they're already ready. They have an idea of a few things that they, that they want to get. If you're watching a broadcast television show and they're talking about some widget, um, you've got four steps that this person's got to go through before they have to purchase it. And where do they trust that they're going to buy it? Mm. They're going to go to Amazon because yeah. there's no supply chain on TikTok yet. There's no supply chain yet. Right. right. But it's coming. And so this is, the, this is, I think to Joey's point, everyone's being trained to do this. And eventually just like everyone got trained to use iTunes and streaming services in the music business, as opposed to shiny plastic discs that spun with a laser <laughs> or vinyl, if you want to drop a, a drop a needle on it, people will be trained and this will be a part of it. So if you're live selling right now on YouTube, you know, what are you doing over there? You know, this is the, you can't buy anything on YouTube. You can't, you got to give somebody a link to go somewhere and you're creating a speed bump for them to actually make a purchase. Yeah. I think exactly. it's going to start coming to some of the other platforms. I think, mm -hmm. um, I think it's ultimately going to push Pinterest to be the last of the major platforms to adopt live streaming in, in 2023, because 
so much of their content is influencers posting products and services that they love mm-hmm. and whatever. The next step is to get people watching those things live and engaging and, and all that. So I think it's coming. I'm sure Instagram, they've already got it built into posts and things. Um, I'm sure they're going to probably add that to live at some point if they haven't already been playing with it. Um, let's go around the, the horn and get uh, start with Joey. Get a uh, just your focus, 2023 big picture. Where, where are you putting your attention? Um, I'm putting my attention um, into this network. And I, I just feel so strongly that it's about power and numbers, right? And bringing together these like-minded people, but, but sharing specifically with people that are looking for more knowledge, up-leveling their business. So that's, that's going to be my focus in 2023, all wow. the live shows. Well, congratulations and, and, and all the best with the network. It's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Fuse in the chat mentions that Pinterest is rolling out live streaming. So there we go. <laughs> Ross, do a video on it and we'll be live on DealCasters in no, in no time. That's how it works. Uh, Ian, what's on your plate for 2023? Well, there's a, there's a lot. I, I think my focus is going to be YouTube and LinkedIn. Um, but I will be, you know, I will be scattering myself across all the other places as well. I, I think um, it is a, it, it's going to be about connections, relationships, community uh, next year. That That's the big one. That It was going to be this year, but for many reasons, that didn't really kind of end up, end up being my focus. I've uh, been focusing on growing the business, but I, I really want to focus on not necessarily growing my audience, but just nurturing my current audience. And if I get more people, that's great. But it's more about making them feel loved, and uh, and uh, and then they can do do the work for me. Hopefully, that's that's the that's the aim. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the years of building an audience and engaging with people pays off in, in that way for you, um, Chris. I think you're going to be doing some Amazon lives, but maybe there's something else here <laughs> you're looking at. Yeah, that's. I mean, that that continues to be the big focus for for me and for and for Jim and and really about you know co- the continued um, we continue to evangelize for the platform to get content creators. We don't make any money for getting uh, creators on the platform. We don't work for Amazon, but uh, I think the content needs to be better. I think um, there needs to be more creativity that's happening on that platform and not just people trying to do home shopping network QVC kind of thing, which is working for, for some folks. And that's, that's fantastic, but you have an opportunity to create really engaging shows that help solve people's problems and you can make money while you sleep. And so we'll, we're continuing to do that. And so we, we can we do constant detective work uh, on Amazon and really looking to help influencers, uh, you know, not only just get live and approved on that platform, but to just help them uh, just thrive on that platform. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. It's been an awesome panel. Um, I kept you guys a little longer. I hope that's okay. Chris Stone, Ian Anderson, Gray, Joey Garrity. Uh, I'm going to drop you down into the uh, backstage. If you can hang out for a minute, do so. If you got to run, no worries. Um, This has been a very interesting discussion. I also want to thank our earlier guests, Rob Greenlee, the new senior vice president at Podbean. 
uh, four-time best-selling author, B. Smith, the host of Be Inspired, the show, and uh, the great video production specialist, a, an award-winning TV producer, and, of course, uh, outstanding YouTuber, Michael Kinney. I want to say thanks to everybody who's been watching. I see Beauty Bubble's been active in the chat. Brad Friedman is here. Jim Fuse. Um, Barb was here earlier. Uh, may still be here. Um, Doug Lehman is here. Stephen Healy, nice to see you. It's great to have everybody uh, stopping by saying hello and uh, thank you. We'll be back next month with another edition of Stream Reader Report Live. Take care, everybody. <laughs>